positive worship today? Our God is amazing. Before I start, we're going to... One of the things I noticed in... Um, we've been doing the word of the day, and um, I've tried to keep it to a hundred words. Uh, when I first started, that was the easiest thing to do. Now, I, I remember doing it a few times, and it was up to 200, and, I, and I've got this word count. And, um, and I was thinking, how do I shorten it? Because I was putting scripture in. And there, part of me was thinking, Ted, reduce the scripture, reduce the scripture. And now I've kind of realized why the Holy Spirit was. How many of you realize there's this thing called um, AI? Yeah. Okay, just to let you know, what they're using the AI for now is to rewrite the scriptures. Um, I, just got, I just got a report. There was this um, person that was struggling with the sin that they had because every time they were sinning, they felt the guilt. So they wanted to relieve the guilt. So they went to a, a Bible AI app that said, can you rewrite it so that I don't feel guilty about this? I had a look at the scripture. If you didn't know the scripture, you thought you were reading the Bible. So I just want to let you know now that we need to be spiritually savvy. So, so sometimes we think, oh yeah, I heard it. Now, now look, I've been preaching since oh, full time since 1983, and um, I've sorry 93, uh, and I looked at the verse and I thought, man, if I didn't know my scripture, I reckon I could get away with it. So I just want to let you know now that people are quoting scripture, we need to be, find out, hey, what's the source of it? Yeah. You know, it's even in Paul said that he was preaching, and the people said. Paul, thank you very much. Let us go and check the scriptures to see you're, you're full on. So I want you, as, a, as, your, as your pastor, as somebody that loves you, I said Ted loves you, say Ted, Pastor Ted loves you, <laughs> is when somebody quotes the scripture, ask the Holy Spirit who said it. So the AI is so clever that it's using, it, it, what it does, it picks up the, all the Christianese and once you're used to the Christianese, you don't doubt it just because of yeah, yes, 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 yes. So sometimes by just changing one word, like this, right? By his stripes, I one day will be healed. Right? Instead of by his stripes, I am healed. Yeah. If you just change one word, there's I'll, I'll, another message on that. Okay, are you good? Yeah. And that, next week, I want you to invite your friends. But I'm going to preach a message on called the two doors of grace. If you don't know the doors, God closes one door, that grace closes one door and opens another. Anyway, that's for next week. Everybody said, I'm coming. Okay, last week we started a series called Expect the Unexpected. Release your expectations. So understand this. Once we start to move in the kingdom of God, He wants to go above what you expect. There are times when we move into things and we go, well, I was expecting that. There are another time where God surprises you. See, God wants to surprise you with supernatural events. So your life is good, but God says, I want it even better. So what we learn, in, look at this in Luke chapter 4, 
5, sorry, verse 4 says this. After speaking for a while, Jesus speaks to Simon. Jesus, move out into deep water and drop your nets to see what you will catch. Simon Peter perplexed. Now, I want you to notice something. Is that when God speaks, he challenges your five sense thinking. Your five sense thinking is... It is the words and the definitions I use to make sense of what I've heard. Would you like me to repeat that? Your five senses teach you, I've heard you say something, now I'm going to figure it out and act on what I think that you said. It is the same thing as when I used to tell my kids, I need you to take the rubbish bins out. They would go, oh, what did dad really mean? (laughs) Was he joking or was he talking to mum? So what we happens is this, is your five senses take a hold of what has been heard and they go, and they go, well, now I will try to understand it. Now watch something you said. If you want to live in revelation power, your senses have to be retrained after what you've heard. So your senses, your five senses is what I can see, what I can hear what I can feel, what I can understand, are designed to be followers, not leaders. See, after the fall of man, the, the spirit had to, spirit died, and so now I'm, I am left to my education. Now, so Master, we've been fishing all night. We haven't caught even a minnow, but, all right, I'll do it your way. I'll do as you say so. Now, I want you to watch this. It tells him to launch out into the deep. You will not... There are times when God says your miracle is not in the shallow. Your miracle is above your depth. We are used to treading water. We're used to feeling the ground. We're used to being in in a comfortable state. And God says your miracle... It's not at your present state. You need to launch out into the deep. He's telling him to do something that his education tells him it's wrong. That the banks are telling you you're wrong. I, I remember a time where we were sitting in an office and somebody, uh, one of my senior leaders back then, wasn't in church, this was in ministry, came up and he says, well, you're one of those panties. And I go, no, no, 50 cents isn't invented yet. Uh, no, I go, yeah, I'm a Pentecostal. He goes, you give God 10% plus more, don't you? And they go, yeah. And, and he goes, how? And this was when interest rates were 17.5%. Okay? So every day you'd wake up and you see it gone up half, 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 half. So if, you know, it was like, you know how we got the weather spikes? Yeah, it was the interest rates. And I said this to him, I go, I don't get it, but I know that I'm still tithing in this, and I'm still prospering in this kind. He, and he says it doesn't make sense. And one day, I actually sat down, worked it out, and he goes, I shouldn't be prospering. But at your word. See, sometimes the, what's stopping you, the miracle, is that you don't want to move out of what you feel comfortable well, I haven't been taught this. Well, the church I was born again in don't believe this. I don't. God says this. 
Peter, I want to bless you. Now, I want you to notice this. God says the reason for going to the deep is so that you can be blessed. So God says, I'm not going to take you into the deep to drown you. I'm taking you to the deep to bless you. So look at the next, next, um, next slide. He says, move out into the deep, free from restraint and confinement. The shallow represents restraint and it's the confinement. Now, I want you to notice something right here. When you start talking confinement, confinement is how the devil works. Number one, he surrounds you, he confines you, and confinement and restraint have their own language. Restraint says, not so much. Don't give so much. Restraint says, you know what? Going to church once a month is cool. Restraint says you don't have to worship by it. Hey, you know what? There's, there's Steph encouraging us. Come on, worship. Exercise a bit of restraint. You don't have to praise God with a loud voice. You don't have to clap. Sometimes we are restrained by our personality. Oh, come on. I've had people tell me, in church, we don't lift up our hands, we don't worship, we, you know, we, you know we, we don't do that. And I go, oh, okay, they, they, that's my personality. And then they invite me to watch football with them. <laughs> so, you know, here we are at Ehad Stadium, and they go, ah! And I go, schools of what? I mean, so you have a church personality, and you have a sports personality. You know, you know what that is? If somebody taught you that in church you have to be restrained. Uh, okay, move out into the deep, free from restraint and confinement. Now watch this. Now, so every time God wants to take you where you go, I have been fishing all night, I have done everything I can, it's not working. Maybe the reason it's not working is because God wants you out into the deep water where you haven't been before. There, are, there is a... This way I can put it. There is a spirit peace that comes upon you when you leave the shore. There's, a, there's that hoping... When you're there, I can feel it. But there is a spirit peace. There is a natural peace, correct? So the natural peace is, is if you're in water and you're comfortable, there's a natural peace. Why? Because your feet are touching the ground. But when God says to you, I want to take you where you can't feel the ground, what happens is that your peace gets elevated from natural peace to supernatural peace. And the miracles happen when you go into the supernatural peace. Now, in 2 Kings chapter 7, there's a, it's an amazing story about slipping out into the deep. Is that Samaria is totally surrounded and they were under a siege. What is a siege? Now, let me just point this out to you. 
have you ever found that you could be prospering in one area of your life and not prospering in another? You might be great at business, but you're terrible as a husband or a wife. You could be a great husband, but you're a terrible employee. You could be a great runner, but I tell you what, you can't park a car to save your life. You know, there are times where we go, I'm really good in this area, but I'm bad in this area. So today is about getting whatever area in your life is under siege for it to stop. Tonight is the last night you're going to be under a siege in a certain area. So you could be good at one thing, but not in another. So what we have is we get some areas under a siege. In other words, when you're under a siege, what happens is this. That you, the inflow stops. So the incoming finance, the incoming love, the incoming friendship, the incoming opportunities all seize up. What used to happen, doesn't happen. When it used to rain, it doesn't rain. When I used to do it, it doesn't do it. Have you ever had to think you're doing the same thing that used to work and now it doesn't work? That is the sign that you're under a siege. I used to do this and this would happen. I used to do this every single time. It was so predictable, but now it's not. See, when you're under a siege, the first thing that the enemy does is stops the incoming. Well, I, you know what? I used to feel loved. Okay, let, let me give it to you. I used to come to church, used to get something out of it. Now I come to church and I don't get anything. You're under a siege. I used to give and I would get, the following day I would get a return. Now I give and the only return I get is me. <laughs> See, what happens is this. There are, there are times when you go, that used to work. So when you're under a siege, the enemy blocks all the entrance points of the something coming in, something coming in. And then what happens is once he blocks what used to come in, you've got to make the best with what you have. So what do you do? You scale down. Okay, instead of going to Pizza Hut, we're going to go to McDonald's. <laughs> you might be going to go, instead of going to McDonald's, we'll go to the bakery. Instead of going to the bakery, we'll just stay home. See, what happens is this, you start to reduce everything and you start to live off what you say. So all of a sudden, your thinking changes. See, what happened? The first sign that a siege will attack is how you think. So you start giving, and then you go, oh, it doesn't work. So what do you do? You start to scale it down. You do? And by scaling it down, see, you don't do anything without thinking. Even if you go, oh, I did it without thinking. No, you did. You thought about it, but you said, I don't have to think about it anymore. I can do it instinctively. You thought about doing it instinctively. Oh, come on. I agree with you. 
So anything you do instinctively, you thought about it and you gave yourself permission that you don't need time to think about it. So you, you start to move like that. So what happens is this, their thinking starts to get moved out. And then what happens is this, is when you get under a siege, God, the enemy will put you in a life group of everybody else that's under a siege. Have you ever had it, you're feeling terrible, then all of a sudden, everybody that feels terrible comes to you? <laughs> Have you ever, you, you, come, come on, you know what I mean. You know, I, I remember, I was a youth pastor in a church, it was a, and, and I made some sort of comment, and you, you know me, I, I'm really pastoral. I made this comment, one person got really, really ticked off. In, and then what happened, it's a church of a thousand, okay? So one person got ticked off over here. One person got ticked off over here. Somebody heard me in the car park and got ticked off. Somebody was looking at the podcast and got ticked off. Guess what? In a month, where were they all? Having coffee together. <laughs> and so how were you ticked off? Oh, man. You got so, so what happens is this. Confinement puts you together with the people that are going through the same thing. And what they do is they're all feeding. Well, how are you reducing this? How are you paying the bills? How are you not worshipping? How are you? That's the way the spirit works. See, if we don't understand the spiritual work, listen, whether you're saved or you're not, it still works the same. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy only bad people. No, he comes to kill everybody. So what happens is he rounds you up and then you all feed from the same pool. You know what happens is you all get the same thinking. You are attracted to lack. You are attracted to thoughts. You are attracted to people. And so what happens is in a siege, you, everybody gets confined. So you can have individual confinement. Then you can have a family confinement. Then you can have a community confinement. You can have a church confinement. You can have a country confinement. And, and the confinement has its language. And I want to show you now the danger of confinement. Confinement shuts down the word of God first. It goes forth the word. Because the word of God is the only way out of confinement. Now, I wanted to show you something. In every confinement, God will speak to. You will never, ever confinement. You will never, ever confinement. Whether it's relationship, whether it's business, whether it's peace, whether it's healing, whatever there is, God always speaks to confinement. You'll find this in Genesis. When the earth was without form and void, guess where the Holy Spirit was? Hovering over it. You see, God is attracted to mess. So that should make you feel good. When I have a mess, I go, oh, people go, what do you think about your mess? Jesus finds it attractive. <laughs> Man, I just messed up. Jesus finds it attractive. Why? Because God says, I am the confinement breaker. Now watch this. You okay, good? Yeah. 
I have 11 minutes to go because we have food. Listen to this. So, so you've got the whole town in confinement. And it's mad in the end, right? Listen to this. Elisha replied, listen to the message from the Lord. Now, I want you to do this. God sends a man of God to the confinement. And listen to what God says. He doesn't bring judgment. He brings healing. Watch this. Elisha replied, listen to a message from the Lord, he says. About this time tomorrow. Everybody say, about this time tomorrow. I want you to notice, God says, I can change it in 24 hours. I can change it that you're going to wake up tomorrow and it's going to be different. Let me just show you something. You know what we've done to with God? We put a time limit on God. I'm a pastor. I know the kids will come back home one day. Yeah, when they're about 75, but when they're 75, I'm not going to be around. I, 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 look, look, I know I'm going to pay my mortgage off in 35 years. See, I want you to notice this. God, first thing does is he breaks the time limit. I want you to notice that you've got to get telling God how long it's going to take him. Excuse me? Oh, God. I am so broken, it's going to take years. Oh God, I've gone through five divorces. 75 split-ups. And it's going to take years and years and years and years and years of counseling. And it's going to make me broke because it's $75 an hour. Come on. Take the time limit of God. Let's keep going. About this time tomorrow, a flower won't cost very much. Even 12 pounds of the finest flour will cost less than half of an ounce of silver. You will also be able to buy 20 pounds of barley for the same price. That's all, that's all you will have to pay for those things at the gate of Samaria. And the king, now listen to this. He was speaking to the king, the one that makes the decisions. So what does God do? He speaks to you because the decision is up to you. So God says, we can break this, and it's up to you. It says, and the king, leaning on the officer's arm, the officer spoke to the man of God. Now I want you to notice this. God speaks... Instead of agreement, we're telling God that it's no way possible. No way, my, my life's too bad. I've done too many mistakes. The economy is not right. This is not right. The environment's not right. It says, and the king was leaning on the officer's arm, and the officer spoke to the man of God. The officer said, suppose the Lord opens the sky and pours down food on us. Even if he does, could what you are saying really happen? Could it? I think when the Bible says that I will bless you, could that really happen? 
had so many bad relationships. Could it be that you are going to put me with the right person at the right time? Could it be that I am at the moment a janitor that one day I will be in the top couch? Could it be that I haven't got this education, but my education will not stop me from moving forward? Come on. You, 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 can't, you don't understand that the situation I am in is beyond help. Even if it does, could what you are saying really happen? You will see it. Listen to this. You will see it with your own eyes, answered Elijah. But you won't eat any of it. Now watch this. How many of you have ever been frustrated at somebody else being blessed if you're not? Do not put your hand up. <laughs> I, 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 will, I will do it for you. I remember we were praying for a car. And, and then every time I'm praying for a car, because we had one of those cars that first you pray for it to start. You, you go there, and my neighbors thought we were really, they knew we were weird, but I don't know. In Jesus, in Jesus' name. It starts. Then when it's moving, oh God, please let it stop. And then everybody around me starts getting blessed with new cars, and they all cannot wait. But you see, watch this. He goes, others will see it, but you won't. Why? Because you haven't come in the agreement what breaks the siege. See, see when you look, look at the scripture, God wasn't saying to them, listen, everybody else is going to break, go out, out of the siege, but you won't. God says, my will, my purpose, my desire is for you to get a breakthrough. But he says, he goes, even if he does, I want you to get this. He even acknowledges it's possible. What could that, you know, what could what you are saying really happen? You will see it with your own eyes, answered Elijah, but you won't eat any of it. This, what, okay, you get it? Yeah. Now, let's keep going. There were four men who had a skin disease. They were at the entrance of the gate of Samaria. That means they were outside of the siege. See, they were outside of the siege, but they had the same problem as the people inside the siege. The reason they had the same problem is their supply for their food and their sustenance came from the sea. So for them, number one, look at that. They go to another level of disadvantage. First of all, they're not allowed in the protection of the city. They are diseased. They were at the entrance of the gate of Samaria. They said to one another, now watch this. They, they said to one another, why should we stay here until we die? Now I want you to notice, everybody's thinking in the city was revolved what's happening in the city. They were outside of the city. They're not talking like the city. See, what you've got to understand something about what God wants to do. He says you've got to get out of the thinking of the siege. 
That means your vocabulary has to change, what you read has to change, the way you worship has to change, because in the siege, everybody does the same thing. Okay. Uh, should we stay here until we die? Suppose we say, we'll go into the city. There isn't any food there and we will die. The first thing that they realized, we can't get any help from the people in the siege. You've got to get to the mentality, is the siege will not help you get out of the siege. Your answer is not in what you are going through. And he said, if we go into the city, we're going to die like the rest of them. And then they start to do, say something different. So let's go over to the Aram's army camp. Let's give ourselves up. If they spare us, we will live. And if they kill us, we will die. I want you to notice what they were saying. So they're there, the outside of the city. The Armenians were over there. No food here. The food is there, but it's at the enemy's camp. And so they said this. They started to think differently. And they go, we're going to make a move. So the first thing a siege wants to do is stay where you are. Stay with your thoughts. Stay with what you are comfortable at. Don't move out of don't move out of the sphere. Oh, you know what? You don't have to worship like this. You don't have to read like this. So what the siege does, it tells you, stand still. Now, well, let me just put a pause there. When God tells you to stand, stand. If God hasn't told you to stand, move. Make a move. Do something. Give something. Say something. See, when you are feeling, let me just show you this. When you are feeling you need encouragement, what's the last thing you want to do? Encourage anybody. When you haven't got enough finance, what's the last thing you want to do? Give. Come on, I'm your pastor. You can agree. You see, the seed says, stay where you are. One of the terms that they tried to teach me in when I worked for a company was better the devil you know than the devil you don't know. In other words, they were saying, you think it's bad here, it's worse over there. So they start doing this. So you know what happened now? Watch this, because we're coming out of the time. Is that they go, if we go in and settle in with the people with the siege, we're going to die. So in other words, watch this. People are in the siege. If, you are, if you've got the same mentality, you're watching each other perish. And God says, is what you see goes into your heart. And what goes into your heart, you start to speak it. And they are outside the city. He goes, if we go into this self-centered life group that is in a siege and they're all thinking they're all going to die, I'm going to go to Ted's life group. But you know what they do? They go, there's the enemy. The last thing you want to do that makes common sense is go to the enemy's camp. The last thing you want to do is to go to the place, to the people that have put you in the siege. 
But I want you to notice this. Is that the God will always go before you so that you can make the right move. God wasn't saying this. If you go, I will follow you. He didn't even. So what God did for them, he says, listen, if you stay where you are doing the same thing with the same people that were without faith, without victory, without worship, without praise, without devotion, without giving, you will end up in the same place. So they said, you know what? What we're going to do is we're going to take a risk and we're going to step out. We're going to do something. We're, we're, we're going to do something contrary to what people say we should be doing. And so you know what was happening? Is that they get up and as they're coming to the enemy's camp, all of a sudden they realize that the enemy, God's gone before them and the enemy has left them food, clothing, shelter, and wealth. So what does it tell me? Is that what happened was this. Is that God says, you're, you've got to start thinking, if I make a move, God is already there before I make the move. When, when we're talking about releasing, see the meaning, this is, if you can put that up for me please. The meaning of release is to be set free from restraint, confinement, servitude, also to let it go. The word servitude means you are serving a master. Listen to me carefully. Lack is a master, you serve it. Doubt is a master, you serve it. Negativity is a master, you serve it. Depression is a master, you serve it. And what, see, when he goes, release your expectation, you're there. I tell you what, I can't go here, but I'm going to put my faith in God. And to release something is you get set free from this kind of thinking. You get set free for thinking, if I give, I'm not going to get anything in return. I remember when I was teaching Jesse on giving. Um, somebody gave him $100. And uh, he came to me and goes, Dad, 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 I got a Pentecostal handshake. <laughs> okay, he's a, he, I'm a Pentecostal. Somebody gave, and, and you know, I said to him, okay, and he goes, what should I do, Dad? I go, hey, we need to give something back to Jesus. He goes, no. <laughs> he goes, Dad, 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 this is, oh, you don't give me this much. This guy did. <laughs> and he goes, okay, Dad, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to believe you. I'm going to give. So uh, we changed the money. He gave him the offering. The next Sunday, somebody gave him a brand new PlayStation. Okay. My younger daughter hears about it. He goes, hey, Dad, I want to be our giver. <laughs> but you see, see, what happens is you get released from the fear. So the first thing to get out of a siege is expand your thinking. Release from your confinement. You've got to change your thinking. You refuse to be confined. In other words, you know what confinement says this? Get used to it. Get used to it. You know what? You know what you do? If the Bible says you will walk through the waters, but you won't drown. So in other words, is don't stop where you're not supposed to stop. 
So when you're going through something, I will walk through the fire. I will walk through the floods. This is not the end. It's very temporary. Yeah. Sieges are temporary. Think, thinking negative thoughts can become permanent. So you need to expand your thinking. How do you expand your thinking? You read God's Word. You hang around people that are faith-filled. How do you expand your thinking? By worship. Now watch this. Your five senses love information. Your spirit man loves revelation. And what revelation does, it changes the five senses. What it does to the five senses, it puts them in order. Now, when you put something in order, you always got to start with the first, correct? Correct? So, what is the first? First is, I change my thinking to what God has said. And then, then everything else follows revelation. See, you are designed to be a revelation follower, not a five senses follower. You good? Yeah. And see what a siege does. The siege loves the senses. You know why? Because senses can be changed and confined. Revelation cannot. You talk to me and say to me. See, my senses are designed to be taught. So I can retrain my senses. I can retrain how I think. I can retrain how I feel. But one thing I cannot retrain, retrain, uh, sorry, retrain is revelation because it's God's word. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I can't change that. But I'll tell you what, your senses love to be taught. Your senses love revelation. So the first thing you expand your thinking. How do you do that? Look through the word of God. Look, think about this. Take Abraham, which is the father of faith. He waited 20 years for the promise to come. Let me ask you a question. How do you wait 20 years? The Bible says he gave glory to God and he strengthened himself. So you could say, hey, 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 it's been five years. Where's the baby? It's coming. Ten years. Hey. I haven't seen you in five years. How's it going? Show me the baby. No baby. <laughs> Show me the wife. She's looking older. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I notice she's got people around her helping her, help her dress. Yeah. Fifteen years. Hey, hey. Where's the baby? Your senses were designed to be followers, not leaders. Therefore, if you are sense-driven, you are up and down, up and down. See, my senses, the first thing I do in the morning, I get up, I open the blinds, I want to see if it's a good day or a bad day. And if it's really sunny, I go, whoa. If it's gloomy, I want to go back to bed. You get that? That's why some of you, have you ever found, I literally that weird with that, right? So what you do is when you start to retrain yourself, this is the next slide here. 
set aside the limits that you are holding on to. If you don't understand revelation, you hold on to what you think is going to give you a breakthrough. So if you're thinking this thought will give me a breakthrough, hold on to it, hold on to it, hold on to it. See, let me say, what if you're holding on to the wrong thing? What if you're not holding on to the Word of God? What if you're not holding on to worship? What if you're not holding on to giving? See, the thing is, watch this. The spirit of a siege will have stopped you holding on to God, but you can't, you are designed to hold on to something. You were never human beings the way God created us. We were designed to hold on to God. So when Adam fell, he took his hand from holding on to God and he held it on to Satan. And ever since then, once you hold, once you start to hold on to Satan, well, he puts his other hand and he holds on to you. This is good. So you need, so your thinking goes, what am I holding on to? The Bible says, the earth might fail, it might stop raining, the seasons can change, but the word of the Lord will not change. You know what I love? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They go, we haven't heard the word of the Lord, whether when we go into the fire, we'll survive. But they just said this, I tell you what, we don't know what's going to happen when we're in the fire. But one thing we do, we cannot stop holding on to God. So you, you get a tight grip from God, grip it tightly. Move out into the deep, free from restraint and confinement. I want to challenge you today. What's your thing? God says, I, want, God says, I, I need you to step out. You know, some of you step out in the deep is to lift your hands in worship. Now, I'm not picking on anybody because I don't know if you did or not. That's why I never turn around. <laughs> because I, I, if, see, if I turn around while you're worshipping, that's what I, I notice. Yeah, uh, yeah, down, up, uh, sad, uh, checking phone. Uh, looking, looking at if there's any other girls in the church. <laughs> that's the way we used to worship God when we were teenagers. Dear Lord Jesus, <laughs> I pick her, Lord. Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> you started it, right? Um, what if it's in giving? What if it's in joining a life group? What if it's in finding somebody who has a need and stay with them until they get a breakthrough? What if it's to start dreaming again? Well, I'm not going to enter a relationship anymore. Oh, I, 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 I got hurt. I got this. Worship team, if you'd like to come. But you know what we want to do? Is we've got five minutes before food and everybody said, yeah. We're going to launch out into the deep. I'm going to, you know what you do? We're going to pray. I, this is my prayer for you. God, I want to have your thoughts. I'm going to launch out into the deep. Can, let, let me show you something that's, that was a, a bit of a miracle for me. Launching out into the deep on a thought. I was uh, listening to a testimony of a pastor. He's with the Lord now by E.W. Canyon. 
And uh, I, I was, I was, I think I was just getting ready to go onto the freeway, you know, into the lane way, into the freeway. And um, he was saying, as a young Christian, God came to him, you know, in the spirit that says, E.W., I want you to give it all to me. I want you to give all of your life to me. I want everything of you, E.W. And he said to God, God, you don't understand. You, you don't understand. I have dreams. There are things that I want to build. There are places I want to go. Um, there's new adventures that I want to do. I don't want to get stuck with this church thing. And he goes, God, I, I, I can't watch you out into the deep. And then the Holy Ghost spoke to him. He says, E.W., I love you more than you love yourself. I want to see you succeed more than you want to succeed. I want to see you blessed more than you want to see yourself blessed. I love you more than what you're holding on to. You are, you're thinking that if I launch into the deep, I'm going to lose all of these desires. And the Holy Ghost said to him, listen, I love you more than you love yourself. I want to, I want to, the more, if, if your level of I really want to be blessed is 10, God says my blessing is infinity. See, if, if you think, listen to me carefully, if you think that you're going to lose out by launching into the deep, say, God, I give you everything. God, I give you my heart. I give you my mind. I give you my five senses. I give you my hands for worship. I give you my mouth for praise. I give you my heart for adoration. I give you my finance for the extension of the kingdom. Because I know that I'm not going to lose out because you love me more than I love these things. Listen to me very carefully. You can never, ever lose out when God says, launch out into the deep. I'm going to launch out into a new level of commitment. I'm going to launch out into a new level of worship. Whatever it is. But just, just, just bow your heads right now. We're in a God moment. We were in a God moment before we came here. What's God challenging you on? God, I'm under siege in this area. God says, I want you to let go of this and take this. This time tomorrow, the siege will break. It's not going to take long. Your sickness is not going to take long. Your finances are not going to take long. Your job opportunities are not going to take long. God says, but if you're holding on, if you're holding on. You see, the king was leaning against his advisor. So when the king heard the word, instead of going directly to his heart and to God, he leant to his advisor. And the advisor said, I don't think it can happen. Listen to me carefully. Don't let the siege advise you. 
Don't let anything but the Holy Ghost advise you. Father, right now, we come to you. Father, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Father, the siege breaks tonight. Father, families break. Father, stuck in families breaks tonight. Father God, the siege on love, the siege on finance, the siege of dreams. Oh, Ted, I don't want to dream again. I guess I get disappointed. No, no, no. That's your siege talking, not you. Sometimes we... Can, can, can you all just listen to me carefully? Just everybody look at me. Look at me. Look at me. You need the Holy Spirit because sometimes you're repeating what the siege has told you. It's not coming from you. Sometimes we have learned so much to speak the siege language and God's saying, it's not you, it's the siege talking. So you've got to get to a point where we stop letting the siege talk to us. No, I can't do it, that's the siege talking. But your spirit inside of you says, yes, you can. The spirit of God says into you, it will happen. The spirit of God says, hey, today is a day of breakthrough. Come on, why don't you stand with me? Father, right now, lift up your hands. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I declare that every siege, but this time tomorrow, is going to be broken. Father, in the name of Jesus, Father, financial sieges, broken. Emotional sieges, broken. Father God, opportunities, sieges, broken. Father, Father God, feeling lonely, broken. Father, the siege of no dreams, the siege of going through the emotions, the siege of making do with what you have, we declare it broken. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I declare over us as a church, over you as an individual, over you as a family, over you in your business, in your relationship, that we are no longer going to let the siege to so, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, Father, if we stay where we are, it's not going to get better. But, Father, if we move out, for Father, right now, we're going to move out. Father, we're going to move out. Father, we're going to do 